0: I was so sad and depressed and angry and I, and I kept saying this isn't fair and that's not fair and then the word fair hit me and then i said out loud i said well who said life's fair the second that i acknowledged uh, that life was not fair like really acknowledged the fact that life is not fair and if it's not fair you do the best you can with
1: what you've got listening to the Routine Project Podcast, where I, your host, Justin Crawford, am getting into the minds of today's leading entrepreneurs, thought leaders, celebrities, and so many more with one mission in mind, understanding their routines so we can get into building the ones that make the most sense for us. This is the one podcast that's hyper-focused on routines and routines only. What's cool is I feel like we're learning with the guests of the show because sometimes they come on here and they don't even know that they have these routines. I'm excited you're here to learn something new, so thank you for clicking play wherever you're tuning in. Now here's today's episode. everyone. You're right here back for another episode of the Routine Project Podcast. Welcome back. And I can't thank you enough for clicking play, my friends. Uh, you're going to love this one here today because I've got one of the smartest, hardest working entrepreneurs with some good stories for you. Uh, and I have yet to book someone like him. And his name is Tarek El Musa. He's the star of HGTV's hit show, Flipping 101 with Tarek El Musa, of course. And the new HGTV docuseries, The Flipping El Musas which I can't wait to dive into him about here today with his wife, Heather Ray Young, who you may have seen on Netflix is selling sunset. In addition to successfully flipping close to a thousand properties, selling over a thousand houses, owning multiple apartment buildings, and developing a self-storage facility. Tark, I'm gonna have to like take a deep breath while I'm trying to introduce you here. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's a successful entrepreneur, real estate expert, and investor with a personal rental portfolio with over 200 properties. And more importantly, he has overcome so many things in his life, not just with what he's had to deal with personally, uh, but I'm sure with what his family has also had to deal with. So that all said, I'm sure you guys can guess that We'll be hitting on a lot today, more importantly with real estate, business, entrepreneurship, solopreneurship. But Tark, I'm just glad to have you on the podcast. I know you have a lot of stories for us and uh, I'm sure you'll be inspiring everybody who's tuning in. So thank you for joining me, man.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, Justin. I'm ready to have a good time, share some stories, and uh, let's inspire some people. Get out there and kick some ass.
1: I had asked him right before we clicked the record button. I said, listen, I typically would never want to start a podcast episode with routines, but uh, I I want to because you said it's it's pretty much what is made up of your whole life and you do a lot of the things at the same time all the time. And we've had a lot of people, let alone real estate brokers on the show, (laughs) who have mentioned that they don't typically... track or even identify what the routines are in their lives. But I think for you, you've clearly identified what those routines were, let alone what a routine is. So take us back to the time when you realized that routines were going to help you make such a successful life and career for yourself, Tark.
0: All right. So I'm going to tell you the very first time I learned about the importance of routines. You know, I was, I think I was about 20 years old. And uh, at the time I was living in my mom's garage. My parents got divorced she rented out my bedroom i couldn't afford the 300 bucks so i lived with the spiders uh, in the garage and i actually had a buddy that lived in that garage with me and you know we were young i would stay up late and i would sleep in every day and then once my buddy moved into the garage with me he was in construction so every morning this guy he would get up at 6 a.m so guess what happened to me justin Tell us. i started waking up at 6 a.m because we were roommates in the garage and what happened was I started getting to work by seven thirty in the morning instead of nine thirty in the morning. Mm. And that was the very first time in my life I realized the importance of a morning routine. And the truth is, all of my success came from mm. the hours of seven thirty a.m. to ten a.m. when I was twenty years old.
1: No way. Yeah, yeah. And I think today, about the yeah,
0: yeah. But and yeah, today like I'm still big on routine, so I wake up at five thirty every day or earlier. I leave my house every morning at 6.40. I'm at the gym by 6.55. I'm on the treadmill by 7 a.m. I'm in my car by 8.15. I'm back home by 8.30. I'm eating breakfast by 8.45. Mm. I got my first call scheduled for 9.
1: Mm-hmm. It's interesting how you you didn't... And and guys, continue to listen to very closely as to how Tarek kind of navigates his life as he shares some of these stories because... The second you identify what routines you need, especially like you said, morning routine has typically been the most popular on this podcast, but when you know that what it does for your day, you know what I mean? So a little bit more on that. And then I I know we have so many other questions I want to be asking you here today. you got to know that when you wake up in the morning and you have that gentle, what three hour period, three and a half hour period to yourself, what's going through your head? give us an idea of like, are you planning your day? Are you just like meditating when working out? Are you getting creative? Are you answering emails and texts and taking like, you know what I mean? Like what's happening in that three and a half hours for you? Because if anybody's listening and you're a morning person, I mean, number one, this is resourceful. Number two, if you're not a morning person, this might inspire you.
0: You know, the second I wake up, I grab my caffeine and I get to work. Within five minutes of waking up, I'm checking emails. I'm responding to last night's text messages. I'm checking social media. I'm checking mm. Slack and I'm getting prepped for the day. So mm-hmm. immediately I'm already working from there. I study the markets. I read the wall street journal. I do some studying and then I go to the gym.
1: Okay. So like, help me to understand, are you in the gym, like lifting weights while also like reading the wall street journal? Like what's the trick there? Because here's what I'll say about multitasking. I want your thoughts on it, Tarek. Like I don't know if it's possible in a gym <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so okay. at what points are you able to get all these things done while being like healthily productive, right? With yeah, your lifestyle. So, so this
0: sounds crazy because I've never been a morning person or a gym person, but I've just gotten so busy over the last couple of years. My only free time really is in the gym from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. So when I'm mm. in the gym, I try not to look at my phone. So all that work I was t- talking about is from 530 a.m. till about 640
1: a.m. Wow. What are your thoughts on efficiency to that point? Like, uh, is it because you know you can get the workout done in that in that one hour period, and then the second you can release those endorphins, it kind of serves you better, right, from the from the time you get to the office or get to work after the workout?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we got to start off our day feeling good. We got to start with a win. And I haven't always been like this. If you look at some old pictures of me, man, I used to have a 40-inch waist. I used to be 240 pounds. I used to eat everything in front of me. I used to drink 20 beers, so you know, I flip houses, but I've also flipped my life, you know, I've done a, a complete 180. And yeah, it took a lot of work. But you know, after mm. going through two different cancers, it was very eye opening.
1: Hmm. Which we'll hit on in a sec, folks, he he's definitely got some stories behind uh, his business. But I, I want to make sure that we we leave enough time today for, for everything uh, of this of this amazing creature that lives on planet Earth. Listen, you have I mean, you think of thousands of properties and homes and just, I don't know real estate. Listen, I'll be as ignorant as I can because that's how we learn on the show. Uh, And whether you're a musician, talk show host, podcaster, real estate agent, whatever it might be, you do have to understand what your value is in that particular business or industry. Was it at 20 years old? You were like, I know kind of where I'm going to end up going with this real estate career. And then you started flipping and doing and... and, and (laughs) yeah (laughs) and now on hgtv with like 1700 shows
0: uh absolutely not so uh, i'll tell you what happened so you know i i grew up in buena park california to immigrant parents my dad was an engineer my mom was a school teacher i always liked nice things we just couldn't afford them um Mm. so i always wanted to be successful and uh at 19 years old i was i was going to college and i was selling kitchen knives for cutco you heard of them
1: no what's cutco oh my
0: gosh it's they're, they're, there's a company called Vector Marketing, and they sell these knives, and the company's called Cutco. And wow. I used to be like a, a knife salesman, and I used to go buy referral to people's houses. And I was actually crushing it. I had 19 selling knives, like making good money. And this was back in like 2001. So I had all my leads in this book, right? Mm. And I lost my book, okay? So one day, at this point, I'm living in Cerritos, California. I'm at a Washington Mutual ATM when they used to exist. And I'm broke. And I didn't want to go back to selling knives and rebuild that business. Mm. And I I, I swear, this is true story. I said, shit, I looked up to the rise, like, what am I gonna do? And there was a crooked sign. And the sign said, wise old owl, real estate school. And then I thought to myself, I was like, you know, if I can sell knives, I can sell houses. And that was a Mm. defining moment. And a defining moment is a moment in your life that changes the trajectory of your life. So in Mm. that moment, I thought to myself, yeah, I can do this. I literally walked across the parking lot, signed up for real estate classes, and that's how I got
1: started. Mm, how long did it take between the time that you were at that ATM machine and you made your first million dollars?
0: Oh, oh, oh in a year or total?
1: Oh, gosh, you tell me. I don't know real estate. <laughs>
0: well, well, here's what happened. My first, Okay, so now I'm 20 years old. I get my license, right? I'm that's young, right. I'm hungry, I'm motivated, I'm excited, I'm hyper, you know, everything that you need. And I completely struck out, man. I made no money, six months, no buyers, no sellers. Nobody's calling, frustrated. And one day I find out about an event coming into town thrown thrown by a real estate coach by this guy named Mike Ferry. Mm. So I ended up going to this free seminar. And this guy, Mike, he's a genius, man. He can convince you of anything. You're the smartest guy alive, the fastest guy alive. You're going to be the richest guy alive. So by the time Mike was done presenting, he convinced me I could do anything, so I, I walked up, I handed him a yellow piece of paper, said, "My name is Tarik El Musta. You don't know who I am today, but one day you will." By the way, he knows who I am now. Uh, and I signed up for one-on-one coaching, and this one-on-one coaching was a thousand dollars a month in 2002, 2003, which is like five grand a month today. Wow. So picture this: I'm 20 years old, I'm signing up for co- coaching for bucks a month, I put it on my credit card, and I'm living in a garage. So I have no money. So I like burn the boats. I was all in. So I hired this coach. I did exactly what my coach told me to do times 100. And here's what happened. I call it my 90 day sprint. So I told myself when I was young, I had you had 90 days. If you pull this off, you can stay in real estate. If you don't pull it off, you got to stay in school. I hated school. Everything about it. Yeah. So Monday through Monday through Saturday, I worked a minimum of 12 hour days. And then Sunday night, I worked for three hours a night and I had one goal. It wasn't to make money, wasn't to get listings, wasn't to get the buyers. It was to have 50 conversations with people that owned houses by calling them.
1: And here's Mm -hmm. what happened.
0: after 90 days, I ended up generating one hundred twenty thousand dollars in commissions back in 2002, 2003. So I went from making zero dollars a month living in a garage to making forty thousand a month almost overnight Mm. and within 90 days i ended up buying almost a million dollar house in orange county california right around my 21st birthday that i moved into with my friends so for me my life changed very fast with real estate and a lot of people they say it takes a long time to find success it takes a long time to make money that's all bullshit like you can Mm. make money fast in sales if you outwork your competition it's a simple Mm -hmm. formula
1: Mm. I mean, you say hard work, right? I mean, they always say it pays off. It just pays off a little faster in real estate. Yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> listen, you know, Tark,
1: I think you you're, you have such a beautiful point here, which is like you you gave yourself a timeline, almost a deadline at that point, while also gamifying it to challenge yourself as to whether or not you would even try to do something new or go back to the default plan, which was school. And a lot of us can can really, I hear it loud and clear. And if you're listening to this episode, you're like, wait, also same. Don't all of us feel that way? Like you're in a certain place in your life. And until you hit what Tarek mentioned, which is literally uh, uh, somewhat of a milestone or like an awakening that changes the trajectory of your life, then you are able to pivot, but you have to commit to the pivot, right? So then in terms of commitment for you, I mean, listen, those are long hours. I don't even work 12 hours d- days today and I feel like I'm living a dream, right? <laughs> but I'm, listen, I'm not making Tarek so money. <laughs> so like, it's different. We can talk about that offline. You, you do have something though here where like that level of commitment for like a six day, 12 hour work week. And then like Sunday nights, wh- what were you doing? Were you able to like make friends? Were you dating? Was, was he- I, Heather probably wasn't even in your life at the point, but like, what were you doing to like, make sure you weren't going nuts? So
0: I was going nuts. So all I you did was going nuts. So I was going absolutely batshit crazy but yeah i was it was lonely these were lonely days i show up in the office at 7 30 in the morning i get home at nine o'clock at night i fall asleep at 10 i'm back to work in the morning is the same thing groundhog day and what i did is called expired listings An expired listing is someone that's trying to sell their house right house for sale when the contract ends if the agent didn't sell it it shows up in the computer that it's off the market which gives gave me the legal right to go solicit it so I would cold call these people all day long, but here's the thing, I wasn't thinking about money or getting listings. So what really helped me was simplifying the goal. I was not allowed to go home until I talked to 50 people. And it turned out if I talked to 50 people, well, I was gonna get listings and I was gonna get money. So setting that goal and gamifying, it really, really helped me. And another thing is cold calling's tough. So I'd call someone like, hey, this is Tarek with Remax Real Estate, go F yourself. And instead of getting upset, I was celebrating. Justin, you want to know why I was celebrating? Well, that's a contact, my friend, and I'm one contact closer to getting home.
1: You're so funny. You say simplify the goal, which I love. Let's let's dig in that a little more. So, if somebody has the goal of, I mean, anything professionally, and if you're tuning in, you're a solopreneur, entrepreneur, business, like I don't know, you, maybe you're working in a corporate business or you want to start your own business, and you think to yourself. Okay, well, what does that really mean? Simplify the goal. Break that down for us.
0: Okay. Now here's a way to simplify the goal. Someone wants to lose 20 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of you know, you know, researching about diet and, and meal prepping and taking supplements and then um researching workouts and spending all this bullshit time getting no results, instead of all of that, the the goal should be no matter what, you show up to the gym at the same time every day. Mm-hmm. Guess what? If you build that and it becomes a routine, eventually you're going to start eating right. Eventually you're mm-hmm. going to take your supplements, mm-hmm. but that's all because you've established that routine of going to the gym. So you that's you right. need, you need an anchor. And for mm. me, the contacts were my anchor to help me get to the next level.
1: Gosh, I freaking love that. There's, um, I love how it ties back to like wellness too, which I mean, fitness essentially y- you're, you're right. Okay. 20 pounds gone. Then you just have to identify, like, okay, sure, you can take you can hire an expensive trainer, you can sign up for all these gyms, you get supplements, food, diet, etc. But it's like, no, just go on a run. You yeah, know, like as simple as that. Wow. It's,
0: it's building a routine and sticking with it. You know, most people they get overwhelmed, like you know, with real estate investing. Most people like they want to start, they think about it for years, and then they never do anything because. They're trying to do a thousand. They're trying a thousand different ways to invest in real estate. They're trying mm. all these things when really this is how I see the business. Mm-hmm. What, what is what is house flipping? There's four steps. You got to find it. Step one. You got to fund it. Step two. You got to fix it. Step three. And you got to flip it. Step four. That's real estate investing. So just let me ask you, do you think you can find, fund, fix and flip a house if you studied that?
1: I mean, I I don't know if I studied it. I think I'm like you. I feel like I would just go do it.
0: Exactly. And then that's the best way to learn is by actually doing. And we learn from Mm. our mistakes.
1: Not just mistakes. I love that. There's two things you've hit on. It's it's simplification and just do it. I mean, yeah, Nike says it, but like, okay, funny enough, Nike's literally a fitness, uh, you know, brand. So like, duh, you can do that at the gym. But like, no, I, I mean it like simplification and just getting at it. And because don't you think, you've spent 12 hours in an office many times to know this. There have to be so many points in your life where you've just like, when you chug away at it and you're just going ham and, and getting the work done, doing what needs to be, making those cold calls, whatever, signing up for that next license and, and, and funding that next deal, whatever it might be, you just end up doing it. How do you find the joy in things like that?
0: Mm, well, the joy in, in what exactly? Calling, prospecting, what is it?
1: I should have asked that better. How do you, okay. So how do you make it fun, exciting, or creative so that you can get through either long hours or just like, you know, if it's anything that seems mundane or boring, it's to some extent,
0: you know, it doesn't have to be fun, exciting, and it is boring, but you have to have discipline if you want results. So if I don't want to do something, I make myself do it because I have discipline. And that is Mm -hmm. something that that you get over time. Was I always as disciplined? No. Did I have to go through a lot of pain to get there? Yeah. But the beautiful thing about pain is the more pain you experience, the higher your tolerance becomes. So as the years go on, you can you can handle more difficult things. And like today in my life, when, when things are bad and people around me are freaking out, I'm like, this is not this is a walk in the parks compared to the shit I've been through. So I, I'm used to the pain and I'm able to manage it.
1: Define the pain for us. If you can give us an example. I mean, obviously, if you care to obviously um, and you're willing to share too. obviously you've been through some 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 personal issues, too. But besides that type of pain or in addition to, you know, what what are some of those examples?
0: Yeah. So let's let's, let's talk about pain. You know, when I was broke, I wanted more than anything to be successful. And I spent months working and trying and it was so painful. I wanted to mm. quit. And i never quit i just endured the pain until i saw the light at the end of the tunnel where a mm-hmm. lot of people this is becoming painful i'm going to quit i never quit when i first got my, my my show flip or flop on tv right like i hadn't i had no idea how to flip houses and i didn't have the money to flip it which well, i'll tell you that story later but there was a lot of pain in that because i I had to work 18 20 hour days in order to find enough houses to film this TV show uh, pain, you know, my, my family fell apart at one point in my life. And that was the most painful experience of my life. And, and, but what did I, what did I learn from that? You know, I, I learned how to deal with that in the future. If I ever were to come across that type of pain again. So, you know, experiencing pain just makes us stronger. And a lot of people, they don't get that opportunity to experience pain mm. because they quit before it gets painful hmm. And that's why there's no growth. If you want to grow, you have to go through pain. You have to suffer. Right. So you have a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. Mm. If your growth mindset says you got to endure the pain if you want to get to the next level.
1: hmm. It's interesting how pain is also like it's a qualifier for professional and personal life. And a lot of us don't realize that. I think a lot of times people, it, 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 especially as it pertains to like your mental well-being, right, or your overall health, which we'll get to in a moment, That has to be one of the biggest anchors, to your point earlier, as to how you, I mean, listen, unless you identify what that is and and how to like navigate certain situations, be it your own or something you can't even control, you know? So when, that's just so interesting to me. Yeah. Do you feel, yeah.
0: Well, here's the thing about pain, like people don't realize, like from from the time I was 20 years old till 30 years old. I lived in pain every single day, building what I have now. I spent 10 years locked in offices, not seeing daylight, cold calling and door knocking to get to where I am today. And that was painful, which makes what I do today so much easier compared to the pain I used to go through.
1: You say discipline earlier today too, which has a big part and everything we've talked about in the last 30 minutes, that help us understand discipline because to see what you're up to now, especially that you're able to take your wifey and your family and bring them on a journey like this, like there's a lot that's been built and clearly you built all of it. So has there ever been a point where you kind of understood what your discipline methods were? Uh, How did you get better at them? And I don't know, listen, I have ADHD. I've said it many times on this podcast. (gasps) Okay, great. Tark also has ADHD. So like, how do you manage, like, I see the sun. I'm like, I'd rather go on a walk than, you know, but it's, it's really comes down to time well spent. So when you think of time and discipline, at what point in your life, did you feel like you really broke your own threshold and were able to maintain that for so long? And now it's just literally a routine or kind of like a, you know, subconscious behavior.
0: I learned it at 20 years old, you know, waking up in that garage at six, six thirty in the morning because of my roommate. And that's mm. why I learned. That's why I learned the discipline. <clears throat> and the reason I learned it is <clears throat> because if I didn't wake up, I never would have had my ninety day sprint, and I never would have made one hundred twenty thousand dollars. Which means I never would have bought a million dollar house.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And it all happened because of discipline of waking up every day at the same time, going to work at the same time, and calling the same people at the same time and saying the same things to those same people. That is all discipline consistency too
1: yes did you ever find at points that your routines or you're like how about this your disciplined routines that were so consistent to make it easy for anybody listening your routines that were so consistent and disciplined were there points where you feel like they almost weren't serving you anymore maybe you outgrew them and what was that feeling like and then what did you do about it
0: Oh, I don't understand the question.
1: <laughs> I don't even understand the question. Wait, hold on, let me rephrase it. So like, you've been you've you've said it like now you're in a very specific which I'll get to in a sec as to what your day looks like now. But I have no doubt that for all of us things change, life changes, you move, you're like you want different things, you strive for different things, but doesn't that also mean your routines and your discipline methods have to change along with that? How do you navigate that?
0: All right. So this is I have a book coming out and I talk about this in my book a lot and I talk about the fact that people we are a lot like houses. Okay. And it, yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. It? Let's check this out. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how beat up you are. It doesn't matter how tired you are. Right. We can all use a remodel. So we're just like a house people. We can lose weight. We can take vitamins. We could eat better. We could get better sleep. So I, I always say we're just like houses every couple years. We need a makeover. We need a remodel. So if you watch my 20 year career, I'm a completely different guy than I was five years ago, completely different guy than I was 10 years ago, because I'm always remodeling myself, trying to make myself better so I can get to that next level.
1: Mm. Wait, I can't wait to see this book come out. I mean, that's an interesting philosophy. You can compare humans to a lot of things these days, but I've never heard a house or a home. I'll
0: I'll give you an example. I buy fixer uppers, right? Imagine a three bedroom, two bathroom Fixer up or falling apart, you know, you got cockroaches and termites, right? Now I think about myself, you know, a couple of years ago, 50 pounds overweight, chain smoking cigarettes, drinking way too much alcohol, not exercising, stressed out of my mind. That's very similar to the house. We're both beat up. Well, guess what? You spend 150 grand, you got a brand new house. You spend a couple hundred hours on yourself, you got a brand new, you got a brand new mm.
1: human. That's right. So then when it comes to self-work especially as it relates to the severities of the things you've been through with cancer, um, both thyroid and testicular. So you, I mean, listen, that's a whole nother ballpark of life, spending a hundred hours on yourself as opposed to doing, I'm sure you weren't even working at the time, but to have overcome.
0: Yeah, I was. I I filmed through the whole cancer. If you watch uh season two of flip or flop you'll see me gain 50 pounds throughout the season because they removed my thyroid i couldn't stop gaining weight um and i remember when i found out i had a cancer the network called they said hey we understand the show's over and i said you're gonna have that camera on me until i'm rolling into my surgery we are not quitting and that is discipline
1: <laughs> it's resilience my friend resilience. that's very i don't have words that's very admirable um if you're tuning in, I mean, listen, I think that's the point, right? You go through life and and you're someone like Tarek and a lot of us who want our careers to somewhat have a part in our lives so that you have the passion and you have the drive and the yeah. excitement. Like- and then when you have that, you did it for so long. It got you to a point where you said until I get rolled into that hospital bed to have surgery, we're taping. What, like, what was that Inst- instinct or yeah, I- was it a career move?
0: honestly, bro, I want to shake people sometimes and just remind them we have one life. Mm. We're not coming back. Like this is literally the youngest we're ever going to be. And we we both just got older while I said that. Time is limited. So for me, it's like, why waste your opportunity to be alive? Why waste these precious years we have? This is the time to take action. This is the time to chase your dreams. This is the time to do it. So for me, listen, like I have cancer. So am I going to crawl up on a ball and feel sorry for myself and throw away everything I worked 10 years building? Or am I going to suck it up, show up and just freaking do it, whether I like it or not? Well, I'm mm. just going to show up and do it. And that's what I did. And guess what? I'm glad I did. Because if I didn't, I wouldn't be here today with you.
1: Mm. Yeah, it has a lot to do with the control of the mind too. Very glad you're here with me and everybody's tuning in too. It's very... It's not just inspiring. I think all of us need to hear that every so often, right? We see you and like, we see you doing the flip or flop. We see you doing the one-on-one thing. Like everything you're doing is on television and it's publicized through social. And then Heather's on the show and your guys' lives are just plastered on like TV and everything. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's like, comes down to a point where like, oh my God, I love it. Uh, it comes down to a point where like, you do realize how important it is to just take the day by the horns and work, right? Okay. So work is work is work for you, but I know you have a family. Perfect timing, by the way, your son just walked by. Wow. Um, But then you also have taken it upon yourself to get married and to continue growing that part of your life. And I so just, people- I just are, had baby three. Baby three. How and why do you feel like you were able to now, not able to really, but you you wanted to create such a nice balance of having everything all at once? Very hard to attain, especially as many things as someone like you has going on in their career. I see a lot of times that folks are struggling and not wanting or willing to now take a balanced approach to life and work. And it's interesting because I think a lot of people look at you And number one, they think, oh, he has it all. You just gave us context as to how you built all of that and continue to do so. But was it the times you'd spent so many hours in the office that you're now like, no, I'll be damned if I don't go create a bigger, you know, life for myself that's fulfilling with family and make sure that that part of my life is just as loving and dearing as the professional or was there something else? You know what I mean? And then how and why are you able to now be able to successfully do that?
0: Yeah. So like, you know, when when Taylor, my daughter, was younger, you know, I had her when I was in my 20s. I was gone a lot. I was always working. Uh, But now we're best friends. This is years later. But at the beginning, when she was a baby, I mean, I was gone all the time. And, you know, as the years went on, I realized the most important thing in my life is my family. It it is my children. So the truth is this balance stuff. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted all the time. But, it, but it's okay, because these are the choices I make, right? So like, I'll go work a full day grind. And instead of going home and sitting on the couch and being lazy, I'll come home, pick up my son, and then we'll go play. We'll go do something. We'll go we'll go hang out. So it's about me showing up for, for my job and for my family every single day. And it doesn't matter how tired I am. It doesn't matter how stressed I am. My family's number one. And for a lot of people, you know, they... They'll get so stressed out or so busy with work. They come home to their family and they're just like, they're just done. So again, just like those calls, whether I want to or not, I'm going to go do things with my family.
1: Mm -hmm. I have to ask the capacity question now, because a lot of us are like, all right, great. You're waking up at like 545. You're getting ass in the gym. You're doing your thing. Probably ain't going to bed till probably like what, 10, 11 or something. Throughout the day, when it comes to routines, which is why I love having you on this podcast, you... I mean, now look at your days, how do you maintain such a sustainable mental and physical energy, you know, meter, as you're trying to go between filming and emails and meetings and onsites, sites? you know, Heather wants you here, and then the, you know, children want you here, like, whoa, so like, if one day you had to give us like a perfect day as to how you're maintaining that mental and physical energy, what does that look like?
0: I'll tell you about yesterday. <laughs> so um on the the book I'm writing, I'm editing it right now, and I'm running out of time during the day. So yesterday, my day started at four thirty., uh, so I started at four thirty in the morning immediately right away, got to my emails, I checked the market, did all these different things. and then I I edited my book. I still went to the gym, came back from the gym, and that's where the day really kicks off. So, when I'm out in the field, so I actually have a I have a full-time driver and I have a sprinter van that's a mobile office. So I don't drive that way. I can always work. I have two assistants. So what, what we do is my two assistants coordinate with my driver where I'm going, at what times, what locations. So I, I have no idea where I'm going. I don't I have no idea how long it's going to take. I don't have to think about those things because my driver and my assistant has already done that, meaning... So I don't have to think about those things. I can think about work and I can get work done. So it's, it's really important to have everything timed out. I eat the same foods at the same times every single day. I take the same supplements at the same times every single day. I get in bed at the same time every single day. So it's all about doing the same things, repetitious boredom. And that gives you the biggest results.
1: Repetitious boredoms. I haven't heard that on this podcast. I haven't even heard that it was so important to have such boredom uh consistent routine same time do this get there do that but i only best part about this podcast because i only invite people like you who are high performers Mm -hmm. that's where it's at you do need to be answering emails taking calls kind of like figuring anything out while you're commuting to the thing it's how you make the most of your time
0: that's that's it like like getting killing two birds with one stone like uh, six birds with one stone yeah you know, it's like I'll, I'm driving, like I don't drive, which means I can work. I can be on Zooms. I can be on trainings mm-hmm. You know, and it's just time. Time is our, our most precious, most precious asset. And like, I don't do like normal things. I I couldn't tell you who, who I can tell you how to do laundry. I can't tell you how to cook food. I can't tell you how to order food. I mean, I, I don't do any of that stuff because all I do is work.
1: Mm which begs my next question. Listen, a lot of us who are listening to you, Tark, we love what we're seeing, but then I have to ask you, because this is also a personal development podcast. I don't have to ask this. I really want to ask this. Where do you find time, right? To your points, the most valuable asset that we've created as human beings for ourselves. Where do you find time to possibly, if an inch of moment per day, once a week, Every other day in your life, are you relaxing and you're able to like reflect and take some time and be a little yogi bear and just chill out for a sec to regroup, if anything, to then keep going?
0: Yeah. So every night uh, is where like I get to relax a little bit. So typically from like, you know, seven to nine, depending if I have my kids or not, you know, me, and my wife, we hang out on our rooftop by our fire pitch, stare at the ocean. Perfect. Talk about our dreams, our goals, how our days were. So my free time is before bed and you know in the morning, uh, on the way to the gym and at the gym.
1: Huge. Something yeah. you did. Something that I wanted to make very clear to all of us who are listening, even myself now, is that when you mentioned that you're like in a sprinter van taking Zoom calls, going back to back, you're hanging out with me for an hour, probably going to meetings after this. You have specific time blocks. I'm sure. You just said it seven to nine. That's beautiful. And I have no doubt that like all of us who try to create an amazing, successful career like yours need to just really get need to get really good on how we value and use time.
0: Absolutely. Like if you would have seen my my day to day since the second I started, I've I've literally had calls and zooms in 15 to 30 minute blocks until this, until this podcast right now, I have not stopped all day. It's been, I hang up and I get to the next one. Like, as soon as I'm done with you, I have to go shoot ads for one of my companies.
1: So Mm -hmm. it's just taking advantage of the time we have. Mm -hmm. But leaving that two hour window is beautiful. I I, I love that method seven to nine. I mean, what else are you going to do? Keep working? No, you get up early enough to answer what happened the night up, you know, and not to say you're not going to go look at some things. Right. But this is such a realistic point of view, or like maybe a perspective that we have now into like your, your day to day. What are you eating? You said you eat the same thing every single day. Uh, on the way to the gym,
0: protein shake after the gym, protein shake, protein cereal, two hours after that, a couple of eggs, a couple hours after that chicken and rice bowl for dinner, uh, Mediterranean plate or chicken and rice bowl. And then before bed, two protein yogurts and a chocolate fudge protein
1: bar. Did someone tell you that? Did you research it? Cause to your point earlier, you don't even, you don't even want to think about the nutritional aspect of working out. I'm sure you just probably like, you know, Hey, someone, can you figure that out for me real quick? And then I'll eat it. I'll eat it. Tell me when to eat it. Absolutely. Someone else put that together for me. I promise the method to the madness is getting really savvy. You've been savvy since you were like 20. I just hit 27, so I'm trying to catch up to you. But like how would you say savviness has played such an important part in making sure that you can like really focus on the big picture and the big goals and the big tasks?
0: I I well, I don't I'm sure if I fully under the, understand the question, but I'm a big believer in asking good people for help. Yeah. <laughs> I am. How do you, I'm a curious guy. I'm like, "Well, hey, how do I lose weight? Blah, blah, blah. You got to do this. Okay. Can you write that out for me? Oh, uh, what, uh, how do I do this diet? Oh, can you write that out for me? Oh, wow. Mm. You're you're jacked. What kind of a workout program are you on? Can you write it out? So like, don't be scared to ask for help. Like that's how I got to where I got.
1: That's right. Well, cause like a lot of people don't really try to identify this for themselves, but it's like, you're not supposed to be good at everything and you're not supposed to know everything. You're supposed to be really good at what, you know, you're passionate and, and, and skilled at, let alone destined to do per se. Interestingly enough, I have no doubt that you've paid people to do those things. And because this is a very like business focused podcast, I want to make sure that people understand that when you have the opportunity to afford certain things and or be very intentional about where you're putting your money so that it does convenient your life. So you can go build said career, said lifestyle, you know. If we're not making millions like Tarek, right. How can someone who's just nine to five, they're at a corporate business, they're living their life, they want that really nice balance, they're probably still doing the seven to nine rooftop fireplace pits with their wives, but don't have as much excess money to be spending on, you know, a chef and a nutritionist, maybe, and some of these extra things, sprinter vans, I don't even know, I don't even, I ain't paying for no sprinter van tomorrow, you know what I mean, so, how does how would how would you speak to those folks in terms of making sure they can still get as high performing as efficient as you maybe not who, who are in real estate?
0: uh well it's it takes time it takes practice, it takes effort and it takes pain. So it's again it's about getting started creating one routine, establishing it, starting another routine, establishing it and then you start getting a snowball effect where eventually you have all of these routines in place and now you're a high functioning individual. You're working mm. hard. You're healthy. You're eating good, right? It's because of all these routines, and you're sleeping good because of all these routines. So the r- routines are just very, very important, and discipline is very, very important. It's not even a motivation. You know, I'm, I, I'm a big motivator, but you can get, you can motivate someone, but they're not going to get off their ass unless they're disciplined.
1: Hmm. Um. Yeah. Mm. Who these days are you looking uh, up to? Who, who are some of your mentors? Who do you look up to? Who keeps you motivated?
0: Oh, good question. So well, what my my biggest mentor is a good buddy of mine. His name is David Steinberg. He's the CEO and chairman of a company called Zeta Global, just self-made man, like publicly traded company stuff. He's just a whole another level. Um, and, and that's and that's really it. And then I, you know, I look at people like The Rock. I'm like, this guy, he's he's you know, he's he's in, he's incredible, man. He's if I think I grind, I guarantee if you put my day next to his day, his day is probably worse than my day. So, you know, that's someone I really, really look up to.
1: Mm. And then when it comes to personal life, right? Like I think people look up to a lot of folks professionally, but are there people in your personal lives that have nothing to do with real estate, nothing to do with business, nothing to do with extraordinary profession that you're like, yeah, that that's my person. That, that's who I'm looking up to. That's who I'm keeping close by my whole life.
0: Yeah, you know, I was very fortunate to have a really great father. And he taught me what it means to be a good father. So mm. uh, he is, hes I am following my dad's footsteps with my children. That's for sure. My lawyer, Roger, he's just and one of my best friends. He's fantastic. But at the same time, he's an incredible family man. And he puts his family first. So yeah, they're out there.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of goes to the whole point I was asking earlier, which is a lot of this, uh, this it's not even a double life. It's, it's, it's one life that has two very big pieces to it, career and life. And we've mm-hmm. covered so much of it uh, today here with you. I'm so excited that like now you've motivated a lot of us to now go figure out kind of what that might look like for ourselves. More importantly, just hearing you uh, sharing a little bit of your story, especially when it came to surviving two types of cancers, insane. And I call that superhuman. So by all means, I'm sure The Rock hasn't done that. So you you deserve all the hats um, to anybody who's listening right now. Be sure, um, everything he's mentioned, Tarek, I'm, I'm so excited. To just We're going to link and describe everything we've talked about uh, here in the show notes on this podcast. But more importantly, um, we'll, we'll make sure that he, uh, all of his shows, all your Instagrams, your websites, uh, you clearly don't need new business. But anybody who's listening, if you want to bring Tarek business, I'm sure he'd be open to it or whatever that might look like. Uh, but if you had to give us one more story, before we head out is there something that's happened recently to you that was almost like a p- epiphany you know uh, something that you've you've experienced where you've said dang you know like I, I i'm really doing the thing but i'm doing it with the people that i love and i'm really excited about what's coming like part of life i think is always looking forward to things and i'll never not stand on that and i think in business it's hard to do that cuz there's only things that you're looking Forward to quote unquote, but they always seem so unattainable unless you're like willing to spend 12,000 hours on it or whatever. But has there been a moment recently? What was that story where you had a a really nice epiphany that you are where you are because of what you've built, what you've been through?
0: Man, you know, I've never really thought about it like that. And as crazy as this sounds, like I haven't really had that feeling. So I'm just, I feel like I'm so far from where I'm trying to go. So I, I don't really celebrate. Um, And that's one thing I should probably start doing. But I'll I'll give you an epiphany I had a couple years ago that that really helped me in my life. But it's more of a personal thing. So this was, uh, I think it was the year mid-2017. It was a year after me and my ex-wife had separated. Man, I can't tell you what I went through. It was rock bottom, depressed, miserable, couldn't get out of bed, couldn't work. And I was angry all the time. And I was always bitching and complaining about this isn't fair and that's not fair and this isn't fair and I was at a red light one time by my house screaming out loud by myself sitting in my Lamborghini of all places about how life's not fair by the way Um, just you know it's it's not fair I'm sitting in Lamborghini Um, and I was so sad and depressed and angry and I, and I kept saying, this isn't fair and that's not fair. And then the word fair hit me. And then I said out loud, I said, well, who said life's fair? The second that I acknowledged uh, that life was not fair, like really acknowledged the fact that life is not fair. And if it's not fair, you do the best you can with what you've got. And the second I accepted that, I had a complete turnaround in my life. And that was the, the beginning steps of my recovery to getting my life back together.
1: Thanks for sharing that Tarek. That's uh, definitely something that probably all of us have been through, right? You go through lives and, and ups and downs and and between us, I have a, what's it called? I, I've been really in mental health mode, right? My best friend and I launched a mental health podcast. And so I definitely uh wanted to leave room for you to be able to express something that was a little bit more on the persevering side. So thank you for sharing it. Uh, to your point though, earlier about not celebrating. I think I've heard it many times in interviews, which is quite fascinating to me. When you are kind of in the thick of your life and you know that there's more you want to accomplish, it's kind of hard to be present. It is hard to be present. And don't you think it's interesting how like celebrating, typically we have presence, right? Like actual presence. Let me just say that. I'm not like a, I'm not the I'm some monk, Tariq. Trust me, you <laughs> met an interviewer, not a monk. But now- As we're wrapping, I mean, is there ways that you want to celebrate that you haven't yet celebrated? Are there things that you have yet to do that that, that can bring a sense of celebration to your life? Because I believe it's so important. And I would have already imagined, I mean, I look at you, I look at what you're doing, I've seen the shows, and I've seen kind of where you and Heather are going with your trajectories. And it's like, this is way too good not to celebrate. So what do you feel like that missing celebration might look like and and how can we get Tarek there? I'll put your ass on a plane tomorrow. Yeah, to you know, celebrate.
0: I just you know, so like listen, I, I I celebrate the fact that I have an, a wonderful family. Um I celebrate the fact that you know I I have a newborn son. So I, I do celebrate a lot of my personal wins. Um the business stuff I don't celebrate as often as I should. Because I'm moving so fast and I'm trying to go so big and my goals seem so far and so big that I'm I, I feel like it's not time to celebrate yet. Sure. But as I get closer, more celebrating is going to happen. And over the last couple of years, I got the entrepreneur itch back and I launched new companies, TEM Capital, Homeschooled by Tarek, the agency real estate team at EXP. I just launched Soar Energy a couple months ago. That's a solar company. So the truth is right now I'm I'm overwhelmed. I'm out of time. I'm looking to find better balance. So that's what I was saying earlier. I'm I'm there for my family and I'm there for my businesses, but I am personally, I am struggling a little bit right now because I'm out of time. I'm filming two shows. I'm a father of three. I'm the CEO for all of my companies. Um, and that's a big goal. So once I can get a little bit of my personal time back, I'm going to be celebrating.
1: Mm, thanks for sharing that too. I mean, it's hitting home with so many of us too, especially me, it- I don't know if we will all be able to attain all things all at one time. That movie that came out that was like everything all at once, that doesn't exist, which is why they were like moving and jumping and teleporting places. You know what I mean? And so if, if I say we leave on that Tark because there is something so valuable to the, the, the simple idea that you may never get everything you want all at one time, but if you can keep the disciplined and, and, and and gracious perspective, like you have as to when you'll be able to do certain things then that answers my question which is you are looking forward to finally being able to celebrate the you know that thing that win that feeling or what have you while also maintaining everything you have um, so that if anything has been something very cool to learn, uh, with you today on the podcast. So thank you so much. And as I mentioned earlier, folks, if you tuned in, uh, I can't thank you enough, not only your listenership, but your, your, your tune in to, to Torek and I this entire time has just been so valuable because I'm sure you guys learned something and, and there's so much more to learn too. So if you guys want to check everything out in the show descriptors, we'll be sure to have, uh, links, bios, descriptors, and all the good stuff. In the meantime, uh, Torek, listen, I'm going to let you go down to your Sprinter van uh, and get to your ad read, whatever you said you were doing with your company. You got an advertisement to do. So thank you for, for spending this much time with me and, and sharing everything you did, man. It was, it was such a great conversation.
0: Not a great time, Justin. Thank you. And uh, great, thanks for having me.
1: Hey, it's Justin again, and that concludes today's episode. I hope you learned something new or exciting about routines or at least took something away from the guest I had on the show. Now, I've got plenty more episodes coming up on this podcast, so be sure to click that follow button wherever you're listening. Oh, and you know how it goes. The show only gets better when I hear from you, so drop a rating and review and let me know what you loved and maybe what we can do better on this podcast to keep you coming back each week. Now, until I get that next episode to you, start building the routines that matter most to you and inspire others to do the same.